Hello, hello, and welcome to The Bake Take, your favorite podcast about nothing. Um, just kidding. That's a Wally reference for those of you who get it, because um, he did his mixtape, the mixtape about nothing. Uh, but that's besides the point. This podcast isn't really about nothing, though. It's just like a synopsis of kind of like what's going on in the world, kind of like how it relates to just like our day to day. But like with a dankier twist to it, I like to say it's your news and culture, just a little dankier. Um, so welcome to the Bake Take, y'all. It's another episode here with me, your host, Moesha. I'm going to be doing a solo episode today because my internet is out and I figured what else would I be doing right now if my internet weren't out? Um, so here I am recording a new episode to distribute to you all, um, cause I know I just have not been consistent with distributing episodes and that's on me. Um, but it's okay. Cause I guess like what's kind of been, what's been in the news lately has been kind of like a tough subject to talk about with other people. Um, and you all already know, like, it's the shooting up in Buffalo, um, that left 10 black elderly people without their lives. And then we've got this shooting down in Uvalde, Texas, um, where it left 21 people, including, I think it was like 19 students and two teachers it left all of them dead and it's like all right so we're we're 10 years past sandy hook like we didn't do anything when those kids were murdered back then like and instead we gave rise to a bunch of like conspiracy theories online basically like saying that the parents were paid actors and the parents were lying and this is that and the other and the parents have sued countless um like media commentators basically saying like y'all are defaming me and my family because you're saying that we're actors and that our child isn't dead like why would you say something like that um so that was like the backlash that parents got for sandy hook and we'll see if that happens again following this shooting but like sandy hook was 10 years ago and it's wild to me that we're still having this this same conversation and it's definitely like a very complex conversation to have um but i think it's important that we at least begin to have these conversations because i don't know how many more times i can open up social media and see that there have been people who were literally just out and about minding their business that have been, you know, murdered at the store or murdered at church or murdered at school. Um, It's, I don't know, one of the downfalls of having the 24-7 media cycle is that we get that information immediately. and like, you know, it's a benefit and it's a it's a negative as well because 
It's like you have access to depressing information 24-7. And as you all know, uh, we spent the first bit of this month highlighting uh, mental health awareness because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I guess before we get like too much into what's been going on like throughout this month, let's just do uh, a quick check-in, like a check-in with your body and just see see how you feel. So if you are stationary right now, sitting down, standing up, on a walk, in the car, wherever you're at, just do me a favor and unclench your jaw. Just let it go. And let your face feel just a little bit more free. Just loosen that jaw up. And something else I want you to try is to roll your shoulders forward 10 times. Go on and roll those bad boys forward. It'll feel so good. I'm doing it myself. <laughs> and then you want to go ahead and roll them backwards 10 times. Okay, I'm doing it with you. And then we're also going to work on our breathing for just a moment. So we're going to do, and this is a method that's been passed along to me by some of my friends or one of my friends who helped me like in, in the middle of a panic attack that I had earlier this month. And they described this to me as the 478 method. Um, so essentially the goal there is that you want to Breathe in for four seconds, hold it for seven, and breathe out for eight seconds. So we're going to go ahead and do that now. So breathe in, two, three, four, hold it, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and breathe out, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight and we're gonna do that one more time so breathe in two three four hold it two three four five six seven and breathe out two three four five six seven eight and I hope that helps you go into this feeling just a little bit more calm, a little bit more relaxed. Um, because, as I said, May was Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, but we've been hit with a lot of just like mentally taxing things throughout the month of May. Um, and it's just been day after day, week after week, um, we're just getting hit with tragedy after tragedy. And one thing that I've been saying since the government started talking about, oh, we're opening back up, yada, yada, yada. We're trying to get back to normal, this, is that, and the other. And I'm like, okay, well, 
back to normal in the U.S. means mass shootings. Uh, we had less mass shootings during COVID because everybody was like locked up or locked down. And now we're back to our norm of having regular mass shootings. And something else is that like these people that are getting out to the public, a lot of them are like radicalized from the Trump era. And this is what we saw in Buffalo where it was race motivated, um, where this person had gone into the grocery store specifically looking for black people, right? Um, and had like racist slurs written on the side of his gun and he live streamed the whole process. And during like a part of his live stream, he says to a white person that he almost shot, he says to them, oh, sorry. Um, basically as to say like, oh, I'm not here for you. Um, you know, and it's wild to me that we can look at that and say that it's anything short of a, a terrorist or t a terrorist attack, uh, because that's exactly what it is. Um, it was meant to invoke fear within the black community. And this is as a direct result of a lot of like the Trump era, like radicalization that we saw on the internet. And that's even like somewhat related. I don't know if any of you all watched um, American Horror Story. It's the election year season. And basically you see all of these people that are being like radicalized to become like murderers. And they are doing this all like in the name of Donald Trump, but it doesn't seem like too far off. And it's the future that we are like starting to see unfold now um, because of the politics during this era, because of so much of the just denials of reality um, where they're making a, a thing out of critical race theory, which is typically studied in law school. Like critical race theory is basically like the theory that race impacts the like the decisions made for you in the in the justice system in the legal system um so critical race theory isn't even like a factor in children's education really um outside of saying that race determines how you maneuver through this life right um so you can apply it that way but critical race theory typically isn't taught in schools so it's interesting that there's like such a fight or there's been such a fight to ban critical race theory from being taught in schools it's like nobody's teaching this until you get to law school um so it's it's been difficult just being alive and being a human and existing through all of this bullshit, but somehow, some way, we make a way. And I'm not even saying that on like 
some I don't want to be here type shit. But just like we really just be out here thriving in spite of the circumstances we were dealt or like doing our best to thrive, right? Um, so I kind of take every day that I'm here as like a, a fuck you to this system that's been kind of like basically plotting on my downfall since I came here, right? Um, so yeah, but back to like all of this shit, you see like in his manifesto, the shooter of in Buffalo like directly credits um, like the white nationalists and saying that like the January 6th rioters um, like inspired him and this, this, that and the other. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. Like y'all are saying that this isn't an issue. And regarding January 6th, we, the DC activist community is what I mean by we, like we knew that January 6th was going to be an issue back when they first announced it, uh, like back when they first announced the event back in December of 2020. Um, and we had also dealt with the white nationalists in DC terrorizing the, the activists here. We dealt with them attacking us on November 14th and December 12th. So for two months, uh, a day, for a weekend out of the, those months, respectively, you basically had white nationalists attacking the residents of DC. And that was going unchecked because MPD was like, rock them with that shit and let that shit go. And you turn around on January 6th and you see all of that shit happen. And what happens? That makes people feel emboldened. Like this dude thought that they were righteous for storming the Capitol because Donald Trump said that the fucking election was stolen from them. So they had to go to the like validating of the count or whatever to win the election back. And it's like, no dog, like y'all lost, y'all lost. Like Trump lost the fucking popular vote his first time around and they're surprised that he lost the electoral. Like he lost and it was something where they came and attacked residents. Like I said, on two separate occasions, and then on January 6th, all the feds were shook, but like me and my homies were looking at each other like this is not a surprise. So we see, like I said, like all of these white nationalists, all these white supremacists being emboldened by events like this because they think that this shit is okay because our government has basically let them know that this shit is okay time after time after time. So this man goes into the fucking grocery store and like I said, purposefully does not shoot at white people, but shoots at black people on purpose and has slurs written on his gun. And it's like, how do you call this anything but a terrorist attack? How do you call this anything short of a terrorist attack? And we go forward about a week, a week and a half later, and there's the shooting at the elementary school out in Uvalde, and it's like, how, 
how many more babies like do we have to see go before we do something like i'm not gonna get into like the details of what happened although i will say it's always and forever fuck 12 because they were outside of the school while this man was inside while the shooter was inside they were outside of the school for about 40 minutes they had pepper sprayed parents parents begged them to go inside because they knew the shooter was in there they begged them to go inside and do something but the pigs didn't do nary a thing and they pepper sprayed parents they tackled parents um basically told parents that they had to wait <laughs> while their children were being just slaughtered inside um so yeah always and forever fuck 12 and then they have border patrol come and have their tactical team come through and then they're gonna have ice come there so that parents are afraid to come and check and see if their children are okay because they're afraid of being detained so it's like you add that and like compound that on top of everything else that the police did or didn't do that day and like i said it is always and forever fuck 12. um but with this this shooting specifically i think it it begs a lot of questions right because the democrats go to is we need gun control we need gun control we need gun control and the republicans are like steadfast on not introducing any gun legislature but i think i don't know i'm kind of on the fence about gun control and i prior to this i was leaning more towards like yes definitely we need gun control um or not necessarily prior to this but like fairly recently i've come with a different uh, mindset regarding this but basically the thought is that if we limit the amount of guns or the type of guns that people can have like who is going to be the most impacted by this black and brown people and who will not be able to access these weapons although white people have them black and brown people so like gun laws like this disenfranchise black and brown people right um but i think you know kind of gun laws such as like having a, a waiting period uh for getting the the weapon make sense to me but it's kind of like hard to balance that when you think of someone who might be leaving a domestic abuse relationship and they might not have the the time to wait two days in order to get some type of like arm protection um so it's it's difficult to kind of like ascertain just what gun laws would help remedy the issue um if any right but i think one thing that definitely will not work is a gun buyback program 
because number one, that's again going to disenfranchise black and brown people. Um, and then that's simply because like of the incentive to have your gun purchased back as opposed to just like getting it back. Right. Um, so that will disenfranchise black and brown people. And then on top of that, we would be giving our weapons to our over-militarized government um, who would in turn possibly sell them to other countries to further disenfranchise black and brown people. So it's kind of like a, a loop that we've got going on here because it's just like, okay, so where does the disenfranchisement stop? Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about gun, gun laws, but I know something has to be done. Like we simply cannot just like ride on thoughts and prayers for the rest of the existence of the United States. And I say the rest of the existence of the United States because I am confident that this country will fall during our lifetimes and I am hoping and betting on it. And I think that we deserve to at least have some sense of a right to life, right, um, in our final days of this country. But that's all dependent upon our Congress people. And we've seen, we've seen Congress in the hands of Democrats. We've seen Congress in the hands of Republicans. And we've seen it where all three um, houses of government, the executive, Congress, and the judicial line up under the Democrats. And we haven't seen gun reform as we would expect, right? But you still have people saying, oh, vote, vote, vote. And it's like, what has our voting done? Like I said, we have voted these supposedly like democratic, liberal people into office and they haven't invoked the change that we've requested. Like there's a large percent, I don't have it right now because like I said, my internet's down and I just don't feel like looking it up on my phone but there's a large percentage of Americans that actually want gun reform. And it's like, okay, do our Congress people just not give a fuck like what we're saying? Um, hold on, I'm gonna look it up. So it's a small majority, but 54% of Americans say that they want gun reform. And it's like, it's right on the borderline, but it's also like it's people that can't vote that are going to be affected by this, that are going to continue to be affected by this. Um, so I don't know, like, what everyone's thoughts on gun control, gun reform, whatever is, but like, we simply cannot go on like this. And if you do have a weapon, make sure you're trained to use it um, because we don't want you out here like missing your targets, you know? Um, and that's not to say that 
you should go and do like anything wild but for self-defense purposes we don't want you out here missing your missing your targets yo so if you do have a weapon make sure you know how to use it go to a range um just go somewhere where you're able to safely fire the weapon make sure you know how to load it unload it all that good stuff um and also make sure you like keep it in a safe place especially if you have children or young people have access um, to those weapons. And that's even, now that I'm saying that, like that's another law that's been proposed too as well, is like basically placing the blame on the parents for not like properly securing these weapons. But in the case of Uvalde, that wouldn't have made much of a difference because he, had like he purchased the weapons on his own these weren't his parents weapons so these were his weapons so it wasn't like there was an issue and it's wild to me that this kid and i'm saying a kid like he was 18 but he was he was able to go to the store on his 18th birthday and purchase a weapon like a um assault rifle right then and there like on the spot and it's like how do we fucking, he, he can't even have a drink legally. Like in some places can't even buy a fucking lotto ticket, but he can get an assault rifle. Like and assault rifles aren't uh, hunting weapons. Like those damage your prey too much. Like those weapons are meant to kill. So it's like, how do we, sell this type of weapon to someone without doing just like a little bit more background um and we'll listen to like more stories as they're coming out but we're hearing that this kid had like these quote-unquote like red flags that had they been raised when he went to purchase this gun like might have saved some people's lives um so it's unfortunate that like these things didn't happen um and it's not to say that had he not been able to purchase the the gun he wouldn't have committed this atrocity with like another weapon but he if he had done it he likely would not have been able to achieve like the the quantity of people um that he took out right and that's the same with the Buffalo shooting. Had they not had access to these weapons, they would not have been able to take out the quantity of people that they did. So it's just been, I don't know, very frustrating to balance like, yes, we need to do something with how do we not disenfranchise black and brown people um, by reducing like their access to resources that white people have. Um, and it's hard to strike a balance there, but it's something that we have to figure out how to do before, you know, our kids are so traumatized that they don't want to go to school in person. Um, cause I'll even say like for my sister, she's got five kids and one of them just graduated high school. And I'm like, okay, Let's hurry the other four through. And like one of them is uh, like just a year old. And I'm just like, 
let's hurry these kids through so like I don't have to deal with the stress as an aunt and I can only imagine how she feels as a mother and I can only imagine how the kids feel having to go through like active shooter drills which is something that I didn't have to do until my senior year of high school which was the same year that um what you call it Sandy Hook happened and that became like a normal thing for like our school district after that but like that wasn't a normal thing growing up like we did our fire drills and we did our tornado drills and all of that stuff but it's not like we ever really focused on like somebody coming into the school to harm us um until sandy hook happened so that's i don't know i'm sure it can be like hella stressful on the kids because i know we we had like a scare back when i was in high school basically where there was a shooting near the school and the school went on lockdown and there was like rumors circulating around that the shooter had left like the location nearby and was coming to the school for refuge so all the kids were freaking out um everybody's like texting their parents and i didn't have a cell phone at the time so i'm like borrowing my friend's phone to like frantically text my mom and that was just like it was basically like a false alarm because it was just a nearby shooting but it's like that situation is still so stressful when kids nowadays are receiving gun threats like violence threats at their schools and that's also relating back to what the fuck i was talking about with critical race theory and like these plant parents that are planning on coming or saying that they're planning on coming to do harm to the school based on whether or not the school is teaching critical race theory and i'm like this is fucking disgusting um that y'all would threaten a child's life based on your fucking racist ass beliefs like just based on your closed-minded ass beliefs and not thinking that your child deserves to know that black people indeed have it harder in this country and that's in in all aspects of life and i think it just takes it takes a lot for uh white people who also see themselves as underprivileged to acknowledge that someone else is underprivileged as well and it's not because of anything that they've done except for be born with a skin color that's not white and i think it it takes some time for them to like come to terms with that um but is it necessarily our job to teach them that i don't know i don't know who that falls on because it's like do we just expect them to watch and learn or should we take a hand in the the molding of the minds like in the teaching of them like should we take a hand in that i don't fucking know i'm kind of on the fence about it but honestly i lean more towards like yes because if it's not us then who else right like who who else do we better trust to like teach anti-racism right um because it's like i would not I would not take a class on 
women's studies taught by a man, right? So why would I take a course on anti-racism taught by a white person, like the oppressor? Why would I do that? So I do think that it is like on us to take some part in the education and the molding, right? And I'm not saying that it's 100% our responsibility, like as black and brown people, we we didn't create this this legacy of racism here in America and in other like um like Anglo-Saxon or just like white fucking Eurocentric countries, right? We didn't create that. We are just being forced to live under that system and doing our damnedest to do it, right? Um, but we're going to go ahead and take a smoke break right now and come back a little bit and kind of like just go over what I think is like some good news from the month. So let's take a smoke break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. So I'm introducing a new segment of the show that I want to call Flower Child. And it's kind of like, you know, in the sense of Flower Child being that like it just brings us joy and it's a break from kind of like the terrible news that we hear all the time. Um, And it doesn't necessarily even have to be like a weed smoker or even a child for that manner, but it's a flower child, like I said, in the sense that it's somebody that's like just bringing joy to the people instead of all of this like gloom that we see day in and day out. Um, So for our inaugural flower child, I'd like to recognize someone that we all know from the news. Uh, This is Christian Cooper who was, he had, you know, the man in central this white woman who was walking her dog off leash and he told her that she couldn't have her dog off leash and she basically, you know, threatened to call the police on him and he had the video, he had all of his receipts and he wasn't playing any games, but he was out in Central Park minding his business and bird watching. So the reason that we're highlighting him as a flower child is because he's going to have his own show on National Geographic. Uh, And it's going to be basically just about, like, birds and bird watching. And so he says that when the New York or when the National Geographic reached out to him about a potential series a year and a half ago, he was, quote unquote, all in. And he said, I love spreading the gospel of birding. So that's really exciting. Um that he's able to turn like such a ne- negative experience into a positive and hopefully we'll be able to see some of that joy and bird watching spread by him coming to your TV screen or your computer screen or your phone screen um, via National Geographic in the next year or so. Um, yeah, so they're saying that the show will premiere in the spring of 2023. So that's really exciting to look forward to. I want to give recognition to another flower child, and this one is an actual child. So we have Orion John. I believe it's John. Um, So it's Orion is the first name for sure. 
John is spelled J-E-A-N, so it might be John, might be Jean, but I feel like it's John. But Orion John was named Times, Time Magazine's Kid of the Year, uh, and it's because of his program Race to Kindness, and this sixth grader, fucking phenomenal, this sixth grader, this kid is 11 years old, um, and he's also from Texas, which brings a lot of joy to my heart, because I know Texas be going through it, but this fucking 11-year-old was able to collect over 500,000 books to distribute to youth across the country um, in an effort to address the literacy gap and book deserts, and he also hosted a food drive and provided over 100,000 meals for families facing food insecurity in the Dallas-Fort Worth community, and that is fucking phenomenal. Um, literacy is so important, and reading is so important. Like, there's a reason that they have banned books. There's a reason that they don't allow certain books in school, and it's not always necessarily like, oh, this is not good for kids to read type shit, yada yada, but it's like, uh, knowledge is power, like, and they don't want knowledge to be, like, an accessible thing, so big shout out to Orion John for doing just one, one more thing to kind of, like, just close that, that literacy gap and, like, that access to, to knowledge, because there was even, um, like, a situation recently where I had gone to a bookstore and I noticed this man, or he noticed, it was a group of us there, but he noticed us rather, and he was interested because we were all, you know, there being nerdy and there for books and stuff. And this kid looked to be like 21, 22, and he's reading some book about like how to get rich quick, basically. And he said to me that that was the first book that he had read on his own in his life. And while I was proud of him for that, I was kind of scared for him that the first book that he was ever reading on his own was a How to Get Rich Quick scheme. Um, but I recommended the autobiography of Malcolm X to him, like as a young black man, to see if possibly he could relate to that and also try to like lure him from the, the tropes of capitalism. But that's all to say, sorry, I'm like going on like <laughs> an unrelated rant, but all of this to say, big shout out to Orion Jean again, because that is very important to like just make sure that people have access to books, that people are like curious readers, um, and yeah, that people, he also like provided 100,000 meals to families, so like making sure that people are fed, like especially in the middle of all of this shit, because we have, like, all of the fucking inflation going on right now that the government's acting like isn't happening, gas is a million dollars a gallon, uh, and that doesn't seem to be getting better anytime soon, but we're just running on vibes here in America right now, so I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for us to stop running on vibes, but <sighs> let's, I guess, just take a moment Check in with yourselves. Check in with your friends. Um, congratulate them if they've done something cool recently. Like, acknowledge them for it. I know a lot of our friends are quitting jobs, starting new jobs. Congratulate them on that. If your friend got a fucking turtle 
congratulate them on that. If they got a new plant, congratulate them on that. Take a moment and acknowledge your friends, uh, check in with your family, and just be kind to one another, because in, in the end, we're all that we have. So this is Moesha signing out for another episode of The Big Take. Uh, Y'all can follow The Big Take on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter's a little less active, but still do it anyway. But the social media is at Big Take Pod. You can also send me a a message on Gmail or by email if you'd like. Uh, It's BigTakePod at gmail.com. You can tell me if you want to, like, hear more from just me um, you can also, like, DM me and tell me that. I'm fine with that, but you can tell me if you want to hear less of just me. You can just tell me, check in. Like, I want to know how your day's been going, your week's been going, your month's been going. Just check in, and we'll just chat. Um, but, yeah, y'all take care of one another, be safe out there, and just stay dank, friends.